0: Hey guys, welcome to the Athletic Aesthetic Podcast where art and sports connect through conversation. On today's episode, I have a guest, uh, a friend of mine, his name is Khalil Smith. He's a college football player, plays for West Virginia Wesleyan, which uh, is a division two school in West Virginia. It's in the conference that um, I, my alma mater, West Liberty, uh, we used to play them every single year and they still do. So I have that connection uh, with my guest, but I have a much deeper conversation that we're talking about that goes far past sports. But uh, the heart of this podcast, uh, if you guys have watched the intro or episode one, is to, it's a collective conversation of creatives, athletes, basically anything that has to do with connecting the aesthetic side of sports to the athletic side of sports. So wherever you find yourself on that spectrum, this podcast is for you. And I know that it's going to speak into your life um, in some way, whether it would be inspire your creativity, uh, teach you something that you didn't know about the behind the scenes of how uh the sports culture and world comes together through a creative lens, um, whatever that may be. I know that today's episode is going to speak to you, It's going to find you because my guest Khalil has been going through uh, a battle for uh, I don't think about two years now, and he'll get into his story. I'm not going to tell his story, but he has uh he's been fighting and he has beat cancer. Uh, Two times now, the kid is only a sophomore in college, and um, he has already beat cancer twice. So his story is absolutely insane. Uh, We we were brought together by my art. By I made a pair of custom shoes for him, which we'll get into that as well. Uh, But if you want a perspective, you know, change. If you want to, um, you know, really kind of like look at your life through a different uh, viewpoint, his story will do that for you. I, I know for me personally, it's easy for me to get. Uh, in my day-to-day work. And, and I do what I love to do for a living. Like I, I get to paint, I make art for a living. So it's, it's you know, if I can find, you know, inconveniences or things that, um, you know, I, I don't look forward to about my day-to-day life or I take for granted or whatever it may be, uh, I, I know that, you know, other people do as well. And so after sitting down with Khalil, it made me really, um, really thankful for, the life that I do have, the health that I have, uh, my family—all those things—we get, we touch, you know, a little bit of everything. As you know, you know, when you when you're a young, it doesn't matter what age you are, but especially when you're young, when you're fighting something like cancer, it kind of puts everything else into perspective. So I I'm so excited for this interview. I'm not going to waste too much more time. Uh, before we jump into it, uh, we will share at the end of this um, on social media. There's a video of uh, Khalil, myself and his family Uh, when he went, we actually did the interview and then we left the studio, went straight to the hospital and he got to ring the bell uh, for his final chemo treatment. So his 24th chemo treatment he completed uh, on the same day that this podcast was recorded. So it was a very emotional day. Uh, He was really excited. His dad was in the studio with us. We were just kind of just celebrating uh, all that he's been through. So Take a listen to his story. Now, I will. Uh, I want to say this: we're. This is obviously a new podcast, and as you could tell here on the intro, I'm in my uh, home studio, uh, so it's a little bit more controlled of an, an environment. I am still learning uh, through the podcast process of how to uh, properly, um, you know, record two people on one device. So, all that to say. The quality of the podcast is something I'm actively working to make better with every single episode. I think that the quality of this interview could have been better for sure. And you'll hear that a little bit. There will be some parts. We did a lot of editing to it to make it, you know, uh, sound as good as possible. But we're learning that we're going to have to get some new equipment in that studio when we have uh, more than one person in a rec- in a re- one recording. So bear with me on the quality of this. I promise you that this podcast's quality is going to only continue to improve from here. Um, But I think what he says is worth so much more than uh, like quality can contain. So I think definitely give this a listen. It's worth it. Uh, Let me know, you know, uh, on social media or whatever, how this speaks to you. I'd love to connect with you guys. Hit subscribe on the page. But Without further ado, we're going to jump into episode two of the Athletic Aesthetic Podcast. All right, guys, before we jump into the interview, I want to shout out our sponsors, Candelore's Barking Beauties. Now, if you're local to the Pittsburgh area, you definitely want to check them out. They have five local, no appointment needed salons for your dog. Uh, they can, they're located in Elizabeth, White Oak, Finleyville, Monongahela, and the Irwin area. Uh, all breeds are welcome. All size dogs are welcome. If you'd like more information, uh, you can call 412 872 5550 for grooming information, or just visit Candelore's Barking uh, They also offer boarding and daycare, and if you'd like some information on that, you can give them a call at 412 824 8440. That's Candelore's Barking Beauties, where our salon is your salon. So now, let's get to the episode. No, that's cool. I just
1: wanted to make sure. We got another one. Would you rather eat nothing but salad or nothing but dessert for a week? For a week. Nothing but salad and nothing but dessert for a week? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Nothing <laughs> in the salad, for sure. But like, can I put like good stuff on it, like cranberries, yeah, and pecans, right. and like yeah, you could oh, make your own salad. I could, I could crush some salads for like before we do. So long time. No meat on the salad.
1: Like, oh, you got meat? Oh, dude, all day. Yeah, so, <laughs> all yeah, day. It's like Bro, like after
0: two dude. days of yeah. eating like cake, I would just. Yeah, just yeah, right, so. I would be incredible. You know, maybe like if I was I'm like thirty now. That's not even an option for me. Like, that's just like life or death today. I'm not making it through a week of just dessert.
1: What about you, would you do You the salad? Right? Yeah, i did do the salad for sure. Yeah. What about, this is a lot of stuff you can put on the salad. Right, that's what I'm saying. What about the, the um, what about the jail?
0: So, jail? so, I don't know if we got it on the recording, but so what is it, it's- uh, Would you rather go to
1: jail for a crime that you didn't commit or someone else go to jail for a crime that you did commit?
0: Yeah. So I, I this one comes out just like morality, like yeah. like do am I willing to, yeah like serve somebody else's time, to remove the guilty conscience of someone else, from, you know serving my time. That's a good You know, because you're. Just, I mean, it depends what the crime is, though. Yeah, it depends what the crime is. Okay, so let's take it further. So if you're, um, you're going to jail for twenty years. Or like sit, like a hit and run or something like that. You killed somebody, and you didn't do it. You got framed, or somebody else is serving a life sentence for something that you did. Like they're in jail for life, or you got to spend twenty. Like you're ta- you're basically taking somebody's freedom away for the rest of their life. Yeah. Or you got to spend twenty years for something that
1: you didn't even do. I'm not gonna they gonna have to take that life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for someone they <laughs> put
0: me. Sure. Like, your life purpose is gonna be to yeah. set
1: them free. Yeah, I'll make sure they write in jail. At least. They got some snacks. They got some food. But I can't be in there. Twenty years.
0: Can't be in there. I know, man. It's like I I want to be the person that's like, no, nah, dude, I'd serve that sentence but uh, yeah. 20 <laughs> for twenty years. Twenty years. So are coming, coming out at fifty.
1: Think iPhone I, I is out right now. so Twenty years. <laughs> yeah. Talking about like iPhone 33. I, like, I
0: like that your like sense of like how much time will
1: passes in like yeah. iPhone years. Like yeah, like twenty years. How no many courses gonna come out? <laughs> how many sneaker drops? Shoes. You're gonna make yeah, like everything.
0: Are, you know like all your sneakers are just gonna be like crumbled by the time you get out. Like yeah, all I the phones are gonna
1: just be like. I can't like, risk it. I like, definitely. I'll look out for the people that that took my life sense. i look out. I'm sure they're right. How you here. gonna How you gonna take care of them? Well, I got some shoes, sell some shoes. I make sure they're right.
0: Yeah, you you going to take care of the family and stuff now. Hopefully, don't get enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> that's going to happen. Yeah, go to yeah. Because you're just like, hopefully it's just he's got like a daughter or something. He's got to now grow up and just be like, damn. Yeah, <laughs> <it's> just do <dumb. laughs> <laughs> Just do Well, that's, that's dope, man. Well, I'm glad you're here. Uh, today's like a really exciting day. I'm honored yeah. to be a part of this. Uh, we're going to get into that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, I did like a little intro to this before I sat down with you. So they kind of know who you are. You don't have to like explain like all that, but uh, I didn't give like a full background. So I want to take us back to how, first let's start with how we met um, and how like we got connected. And so um, basically that was what, maybe fall last year Mm -hmm. or I think I met with you on my birthday. So that was like August August? when I gave you the shoes. So, anyways, your dad reached out to me um, mm-hmm. where you were, uh, you know, in a pretty uh, crazy time of your life, um, which we'll, like I said, we'll get into. But like, um, he wanted to do a pair of shoes, which you actually got on right now. Yeah. Camera shot. Can, can you like lift them up? Yeah, get them so you guys may have seen these in the, uh, Instagram or on social media or whatever. But we got the Smith Strong on the side, and so right now you're you're uh, coming to the end of your second or. How many like rounds of chemo? Not rounds, but like um I don't
1: know which, what's Yeah, like they're, they're rounds, rounds. So it was twenty four like rounds total. a mess. Well, I did twelve the first time and then I did twelve the second time, so it's twenty four total. Twenty four total.
0: Just insane. And you when we made these, you were just starting this uh sector. No, I mean we started these uh, I was getting my surgery actually. That's what it yeah, was. Okay. okay. So you wanted to do the shoes to like to give you on like your recovery from yeah, the surgery. Yeah. That's what was. But yeah, so that's how we get connected. Was your dad wanted me to do a pair of shoes, um, and did them? I honestly had no idea like the depth of the backstory. I just knew that you know people reach out to me all the time. They're like, "Hey, I want to get these shoes for this person." Uh, you know, put this hashtag on it or whatever. So as I was like making the shoes, I just knew that you wanted like Steeler design, and um, and just, just say Smith Strong. And so then as I delivered the shoes to him, that was like the first time that, like because it's easy to like just make something yeah. and like not really know the like why or the heart behind it but when i met your dad he was like um, he was like so this is what's going on and yeah. kind of gave me the full rundown uh and i i mean i was in tears like we were like hugging in the parking lot of this place and um anyway so i want to i want to go back i want to like learn a little bit about your story where you were like you know, coming out of high school, you're you're a a D2 college, which also, I got a surprise for you. <laughs> uh, thought about wearing this. <laughs> <laughs> gonna... That's the West Lid. That's the West Lid. Would it be okay if we just... No, nah, that's that the West Lid. <laughs> 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 just do the podcast like this. We don't like West Lid. My school don't like West Lid. <laughs> yeah, because you guys are like, what, 0-4? <laughs>
1: Probably. I, I'm not 0-4, <laughs> I'm going to 0-1. I'm on the other (laughs) one. I was just playing, bro. Wesley was like, we
0: were good like for a few years, but then we fell off. So I don't even know what it's like now. But um, so yeah, you played for West Virginia Wesleyan, which is like a rival school for where I where I played football. And uh, so take me back to like you're coming out of college. When did you know you wanted to play college football? Like, what was your goal for you know going to play college football? What do you want to go to school for? All
1: that. All right. So uh, you know, as a freshman, I started as a freshman. Uh, for Sarah Catholic high school, I had a decent year. I had like 500 yards rushing my first year, and then my second year, my sophomore year is when I really like took off. At uh, 1400 yards rushing, uh, probably about like 10 to 12 touchdowns, and uh, after that, like college just started like reaching out to me and stuff like that. Uh, I also played AAU basketball too, so like I was a dual sport athlete. So I was just like uh, everybody always told me like I had the potential to like go and play in, in school. So mm-hmm. like that's what I always just kept my head down and kept working like all my coaches like that I ever played for they always said I was a hard worker and stuff like that so like that's how I would really focused on yeah and then like as my season went on I started you know talking to more schools talking to bigger schools but eventually like you got to find the right fit for you uh, right. so as like my recruiting process went on you know some coaches fell off some coaches you know stayed around and uh I took my business and stuff and I really like Millersville. Like Millersville was going to be like my first option. Where's that? It's in Harrisburg. Okay. So like that was like my is first that D2 school. D two also? Yes, yeah, it's D two, it's in, in PSA. So they could have slippery rock and all that stuff. Okay. So they were like my first school, uh that was like my first school to ever offer me and stuff like that. And like I was the first person like in my family to actually like pursue a college sport. So Same. I was like
0: Well, I had a like uncle that went to West Lib yeah Yeah, I got to
1: connect like a second uncle or whatever it is, like once removed or however they like terminology of that. But yeah, same yeah, thing. Yeah, right. So, I mean, so like I'm like the first one, so I'm like, uh if I got the opportunity, like why not? Right. Man. So I did that. I was also playing basketball. I had over a thousand points scoring in, in yeah. basketball too, so like nasty, bro. Uh, Yeah, athlete for sure. <laughs> but they came some coach was talking to me for basketball, but, you know, like I just I just felt like uh I was just too small to play basketball. Yeah, football, football just like, and I was getting more like recruiting from yeah. football and stuff like that. And Were then you I, a shooter or are you like an athlete? Kind of like, you know, what was your like ball I handler? A, I was a do it all. Okay. I was just trying to make sure we Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to make sure we Thousand points? Yeah, over a thousand points. Over okay. a thousand points. Yeah. But yeah, so did that. Like, I think I was still leave my school in rushing yards to this day. So, like, I had a pretty good high school career. And I ended up making my way uh, to West Virginia Wesleyan College. Okay. Uh Max, what year was this? Freshman year. When well, did you graduate high school? Twenty nineteen. Yeah. Okay. So I graduated twenty nineteen, and then I went up to West Virginia Wesleyan College. I ended up committing there. Uh, the main reason why I committed was uh, the people there. Like, yeah, like uh, it wasn't really about the school. I know, like, oh, like the coaches. Yeah, the coaches are definitely cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's the main reason. Like the people, and I feel like. Just somewhere I could fit in and I could play, like, I wanted to make sure I could play somewhere wherever I go. So, yeah. so
0: <laughs> I just got this out of, like, the whole recruiting process. If you were the recruit that went in the viral video with, uh, what's his name, Chip Kelly, when he was, like, dancing behind him, and, like, <laughs> would you decommit, like, immediately if you went viral for, like, this dude, like, grinding behind you
1: like that? Nah, 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 I nah. feel <laughs> like when you commit, like, you really gotta be locked in. So oh, no. Nah, like, bro. Bro. He, he ended up choosing Bama, though, so. Yeah, I was so, locked in. Yeah. but
0: yeah. I don't know, I go viral with a dude grinding behind me like that. I might feel some kind of way about suiting up for him. But, um, but yeah, so you found yourself at Wesleyan. Um, this was before kind of like life got yeah flipped upside down, right? It's right. Like 2019, you get on campus. And so take me through like, what was freshman year
1: like at Wesleyan? How did that season go? So my first semester I got on campus, you know, like campus stuff, like you go from being a big fish in the small pond to a little fish in the big pond. Like real quick. Yeah, real quick. So I'm looking at seniors that's like 250, 260. Like I never even played with nobody that like that big before. I'm looking at D linemen, O linemen, six four, six five. So it's like it could be a little intimidating at first, but like they brought me on this campus for a reason. Like they believed in my potential. So And you went to play running back? Yeah, I went to play running back. And I was one eighty five at this point, so like what I was really expecting is to come in red shirt, like, learn the system and stuff like that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like I said, I was always, like, a hard worker, so I just put my head down and, like, was just always working. My coaches noticed it. Like, everybody noticed it. I ended up starting on, like, special teams, like, multiple yeah. special teams, like, kickoff, kickoff, return. Freshman year? Punt, yeah. I even got a couple carries as carries as a freshman, so, like, you know, like, that was, like, my freshman year. We didn't really win a lot like we went 1-10 but that was like our first their first win in a long time so really so you guys had a, a so my 2019 match. class got their first win in a long time <laughs> so when when
0: i was at westlib my freshman year was a totally different story we had a cast of like all stars on the squad like it was the best team i think westlib's ever seen we went 10-1 and or something like that and uh like i got red-shirted that year but I made the travel squad, so it was like an emergency red shirt. Like if I didn't, yeah. if they needed me. They would forfeit the red shirt. But we had, we were stacked. I think we had uh, basically every passing or rushing record for offense. Our defense was trash. But we, mm-hmm. Like, sorry if any of my teammates, said, like mm-hmm. you guys individually, weren't trash. And we, I mean, we let up like fifty to sixty points a game, but we would still win by thirty. Like it was insane. It's like basketball sports. Yeah, yeah. So, um, that, that was nuts. We had like just an incredible quarterback. So me like taking all that in and watching us put up 80 points a game for an entire season. I and we scored 84 points against Ed Murrow in a playoff game. Like they're not a scrub. Team, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You put up 84 points. But, um, So, I remember coming off that season, and I'm like, dude, if this offense is the way it is, like, there's no way that if you put up that kind of numbers, you're not going to get looks at from the the league, you know, at least to like some extent. So, I'm just like, all I got to do is put my head down, you know, work, learn the offense, you know, and just my time will come kind of thing. And so that next year came. And I was out on the field like in scrub times, like my red shirt freshman year, you know, we're up by 40 points. I think it was West Virginia State. Uh, yeah, it was West Virginia State. And I'm blocking, like we're just trying to block run my running back, lowers his head, dude, and just of his helmet, like hits me in the side of the head. I'm actually wearing this helmet uh, when it happened. That's why I kept it. Uh, Cause you know, it kind of altered my career, but dude, knocked me out, concussed me fully, like, laying on the ground and my career that was like when my career really like took a turn because then i just battled concussions the rest of the way um so my freshman year is when like the whole like i was uh, so optimistic about you know at the end of it i'm like wow i'm gonna be a hall of famer and then like by the start of my sophomore year which was my redshirt freshman things had like really turned so when for you
1: was life kind of flipped upside down Towards the end of my fall semester, going into my spring semester of uh, your freshman year, of yeah, my freshman year, yeah. So freshman. we finished the we finished the season, but like as the season was going on, like uh, I was just losing weight. Like I started off at one eighty five, but I was just losing weight. Couldn't figure out why. Didn't really know what was up. I thought it was just because like the food was nasty at the cab. but no, nah, it wasn't that. Like I was like going through some like serious pain and stuff, but like I was really just keeping it to myself because I thought like. Eventually oh pass and stuff like that. And then as we transitioned into my spring semester, uh like I was losing even more weight, even more weight, and my coaches started to notice. And then we went into spring ball. And spring ball, like uh I was experiencing like some symptoms, like my stomach was hurting, uh like I was having night sweats. Were you like
0: um were you struggling like with the weight room too? Like yeah, I guess, like they monitor like your max and stuff as you're working out. Like, were you was, starting to drop off? Yeah, I was feeling like super weak. Like, that might have been the
1: weakest I ever been. Were you feeling like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah, and I was training? thinking like, at first I was thinking I'm not drinking enough water. Yeah. So I was drinking like a gallon of water a day, like. But every time I would lift, I would start seeing like these black dots. Like I was about, I felt like I was about to pass out. So I'm like, uh, I'm just not going to lift. I'm just going to tell the coaches. I want to go to the trainer. The trainers could not really figure out what was wrong with me, so they sent me like two, like a little. Community service, or like our community community care on campus. I went there. They took my blood work and stuff, but uh, they just said like they really couldn't figure out what was wrong. And then I, eventually, uh, like COVID happened, so they sent everybody home. And uh, like as we went home, as we went home, like uh, I was around, like I was still experiencing like the same symptoms, but I was like way more fatigued now. Like I was always tired. And uh, I'm not really a lazy person or nothing like that, but like I was like sleeping. I was going to sleep at like seven seven o'clock. Then like I was sleeping until like the next day until like two. And then like my friend named Jeremiah, like, he was with me like most of the summer. So he was just, like seeing this like going on, like nonstop. Yeah, and he was just like, like bro, like what's wrong with you? I'm like I don't know. I just like I can't get up. but like, I just I just don't know. Did anybody ever say like? Um, because like, I feel like
0: if that was me, I'd just be like, I'm just like in a funk, or I'm just like depressed. or Did that ever cross your mind?
1: No, because I was still was just... like, I was still doing stuff. Like, I was doing stuff, but it was just like, my energy level was right. always so low. So you still had a drive to do stuff, you just didn't know. Like, even when I was lifting with him, he was like, bro, I never seen you this week. And like, we used, like we usually wrestle all the time, because he was at a D1 program, I had a D2 program. So like, <laughs> anytime like, we was around each other, like, we was always trying to wrestle and stuff like that. But at <laughs> one point in time, like, he was just throwing me around. Like, he was... Like, yeah. he never really been that much bigger than me, but like, he was throwing me around, and I knew like something was going on. And then I was always tired. Like, this, this, we used to do the same exercises, and it used to take me like forever to get my wind back. Like, I used to have a headache and stuff like that, and he used to just snap right back, so I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And then, like, as Mother's Day came, came around, uh, I got on the scale again, and I was 155. This was Mother's Day 2020? Mother, Mother's Day, uh, yeah, like 2020. So I got on the scale, and and I was one, one fifty five, and uh, like this is when like something like went off in my head, like there's no way. What were you, like, end of freshman year? Uh, end of freshman season, I should say. End of freshman season, I went down to like one seventy. But what were you like at your height, like when you were healthy? Like, fully? I was one eighty five, one eighty five. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's thirty pounds. So I was one fifty five. Mm-hmm. So the next thing I did, I called my dad. I'm like, yeah, like I'm, I'm losing weight. I'm 155, my stomach's still hurting and I'm still going through like these night sweats and stuff like that. Like I, I don't know what to do was like, we were just going to call make an appointment. So we called, like try to make an appointment. They said, yeah, I can't get you in here for like the next two weeks. COVID, huh? Yeah. And I'm like, so that's crazy too. Like that's another
0: like perspective shift too. Like people, we've all been going through like COVID, you know, for two three years now, <laughs> it feels like, but, um, to go through like the start of COVID and also like have these issues, yeah. over. Your mind was probably yeah. It was concerned. like a, a double whammy. Yeah, that. man,
1: that's insane. So like, they, I called up like my PCP and stuff. They was like, we can't get you in here for two weeks. So I called my dad. Like, they said they can't get me in here for two weeks. He made he made some shake and I was able to get in there probably like the next day or like the next within the next two days. Yeah. So I go in there like it was like, uh, oh, we don't know which one we should We're going on my these tests, Take some blood work. They're taking my blood work and uh. They, they started to notice like, uh, like my hemoglobin levels were like like low, like way lower than normal. So that means I was bleeding like from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So they're running these tests, running these tests. They were like, we don't know where you're bleeding from. Yeah. So we're going to send you to a GI doctor. I go to the GI doctor that next day. But the GI doctor was like breaking, breaking it down to me like, we're going to run these tests too. It doesn't seem like it's going to be a big deal. Uh, eventually, like when I leave the GI doctor, I get a call not even 30 minutes later. Like, yeah, you're bleeding like internally. you can't go to the emergency room. So, pack my, pack my stuff up, I go to the emergency room, but I'm thinking, of, like, i am be in an emergency room probably like, you know, like, 30 minutes to an hour, and I'm gonna get out of here and go home. And that never happened. I went into the emergency room and I I never ended up leaving. They ended up giving me like a CT scan stuff like that, but since it was COVID and I was like of age, uh, I was 19, they didn't let my dad in there or nothing like that. So. I was in there by myself for a minute, and running through my tests and stuff like that. Eventually, he let my dad in there. Like, we were sitting there talking. He was able to sit with me until my CT scan was over, and uh, then I got admitted into my room, and then later that night, uh, the CT scan results came back, and it was he basically just came up to me and I was like, yeah, like, uh, you got three, t- three tumors in your body. Um, like, you're gonna have to stay here what is over the weekend. Stuff like that. So I called my dad immediately like, yeah, like this is what they told me. I don't really know what this means, but like, I don't even know how this got there. Um, but yeah, they just told me I got three tumors. They got to some more tests. Then the next day, like I go through the test. They're still testing me to try to figure out if they're like malignant cancerous, all this stuff. Um, and then I found out eventually like, one of my tumors broke and that's how I was like bleeding internally. And it could have been bleeding like for any anywhere from like uh like 3 weeks to like months so like i was just in there i was bleeding internally for this whole time and that's why i was losing my weight and stuff yeah stuff like that um and had no energy all that yeah no energy was fatigue all that stuff so i was just in there like going through that um eventually like my daughters came in they had a plan but they were, they weren't really like tell me like their like their full plan details like they yeah. were just like kind of like skipping around stuff like, yeah, I think we're going to do this, I think we're going to do this, but I'm just like, why are y'all like saying y'all are going to do this stuff? Which I, I don't actually know what was wrong, but they knew what was wrong, but they just didn't want to tell me to scare me or, or whatever the case would be. Yeah. And eventually, like, I got my, it was like, yeah, we need to uh, have a little surgery, put a port in. And like, this is off, like foreign language to me, like, what is, yeah. like, what is a port? <laughs> <laughs> so like, it was like, uh, it's just like a little device that we put in your chest uh, it's not gonna, it's not gonna take too long. Like it's a slight little surgery. I'm like, uh, I mean, I don't understand why I'm getting a port in if y'all yeah. like, what's what's my plan of action after that? But uh,
0: I guess they were just waiting like for that
1: week in the past to tell me like, like you're gonna have to get surgery and stuff like that. So they put the port in. Uh, the port was implanted, and then um, I was in the hospital from May 14th to May 19th, and then that's when they finally told me like, yeah, you were diagnosed with like stage, stage four colon cancer. What was the name of, it? The name of it. Uh differentiate? Fully differentiate and, and new carcinoma or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but like some, some big old words, but it's really just day for the oh. cancer. So yeah. Simple as like simple as way to put it. And they told me so from May 14th to May 19th, I was in the hospital, like I was going through it, like I hated being in the hospital. Like I just felt like the hospital was just taking my spirits away, like yeah, you really can't look outside. They won't let you outside, I got all these needles in me, like all I wanted to do was go home. So basically they finally let me go home from May 19th. And then uh, they were like, we're gonna have a meeting with, like all the doctors and figure out which, which like your surgical plan, all that stuff. Like at first they wanted to do the chemo first. That's why they didn't like put the port in me. But I guess over that weekend or whatever, when they discussed it, they was like, yeah, we think the best option for you is to have a surgery first. I'm like, I mean, all right, like, so like, what's the surgery details? They tell me like it's an eight hour plus surgery, da, 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 da. I'm like eight hour surgery. I never even they're not like this, but uh, you know this is what I got to do. is not like this is what I got to do. And I done made it this far, like, this is what I got to do. So they call me on May 25th. And I go in there on May 26th to go get my surgery. Go in there at six o'clock in the morning. First one in there, and uh, you know like they take you through like the regular check in questions and all that stuff. But like I said, it was like the COVID and stuff. So they didn't really like let my dad like in there until I like I was like about to go into my surgery, basically. So we go in there and um you know, they take you to the process, they let you meet everybody that's uh gonna be in there with you, you know, take you through your trial take you through your pills and all that stuff. And eventually I met my surgeon, uh his name was uh Doctor McCormick. And uh comes in there and was like, Yeah, like Khalil, are you ready? I'm like mm-hmm. I mean, are you ready? Because, like, <laughs> like, my life is in your hands right now. So, like, I need to know that you're ready. If not, we can just set this up another day. He was like, yeah, I'm ready. Like, I, I done done this before. Like, I uh, just believe you, like, you're in the best hands possible. So, I, I took his word for it. Like, I had no other option. Like, this is basically life or death right now. Like, so, you go. I go in there, go through, like, an eight-hour surgery. I went in there at probably, like, 6 in the morning. I didn't get out so probably, like, I didn't wake up, be able to, like, get my phone falling and stuff to like five, six. And uh, they was like, yeah, like we removed all the tumors from your body. Like, I think you're good. So I was in a hospital from from there. Uh, you know, I had to do like my physical therapy, stuff like that. But the biggest thing like once I got out of the hospital from my surgery was like, I didn't feel like myself. Like something was different. Like I went to sleep one way and I woke up a completely different way. Like it just didn't, I didn't feel like the, the normal me. And like, yeah. physical what, do you, what difference. do you mean by that? Like you just, because like you go to sleep. I went to sleep one, uh, probably like one fifty five. I woke up out of my surgery. I was like one thirty. I was wow. I was a featherweight. Like I was super little. Like just none of my clothes, none of my clothes fit. None of my shoes fit. Like nothing fit. Like I was just felt like I was a completely different person. Like and then like it took like a big foot on my mental because like I'm only nineteen. Like. Yeah. I went to sleep one way and i like I woke up a completely different way, like one thirty. I wasn't one thirty since like middle school. Yeah, I mean, especially when you started this process at yeah. like one eighty five. So like I'm just like I didn't want to really go. I didn't want to go out, I didn't want to like do anything. I just really wanted to sit in the house. And like people wanted to come see me. Like I was real distant. I didn't want anybody to come see me. Like So how did your uh
0: you know, we'll come back to like the whole timeline of this. How did your team react? Uh, to this news? Like, how was your coaching staff? Were they supportive? Were they, I mean, obviously they were, but like, how did they
1: kind of help? How did sports kind of help you through this initial diagnosis? They were just surprised because my coaches know this before anybody because like, you're around your coaches most of the time. So they knew something was going on, but they like, they're not like, you know, some of them don't have medical backgrounds and stuff like that. So they only could do what they could do. And that was just tough. They basically tell me like, you need to eat more. You're not eating enough. I'm like, I don't think Typical it's that coach big, like say simple, Yeah, like, like you're not eating enough, like, you need to lift more. Yeah. So I'm doing this stuff, but, like, like I said, like, it was, like, basically, like, driving me, like, down. Like, it was taking more energy out of me. Like, I was going to sleep in class and stuff like that. Like, I'm like, oh, man, I don't know what's going on. And then I also had a roommate, and, like, you know, like, on a in the dorm, like, people see you out of town. And people were just looking at me like, bro, you don't look all right. Like, you sure you all right? I'm like, I think. I think I am, but I don't really know. Like something just feels off. Yeah, you know? but like you know, like when you're young, you really can't, you really can't explain it. Cause I didn't really have too much of a medical history, like background history or not like that. Like I never really experienced none of this stuff. So I'm like, I'm gonna be alright. Like I'm just gonna give it a week or two. But COVID happening, that sent this home. Like really, like eventually, like saved my life. Cause they said if I didn't. If we didn't get sent home, I would have ended up, like, eventually, like, passing out, and I would have been in an emergency room from there because I was bleeding in time for so long. So, combination of, like,
0: having people in your life, like, coaches and teammates to kind of, like, notice something, and then, I mean, just the, like, timing of being sent home. Like, you think if you weren't playing college football at the time, do you think, like, you would have caught it? Do you think? Uh,
1: I think it would have been. A little bit too late because if we would have stayed up school they said like I would have had like possibly like between two to three months and the semester was not open until May so like COVID like really like saved my life for real
0: because I was always the one that like try to
1: push through the problems that's and stuff that. like that yeah. but like at a certain point in time when like, my body was going to shut down on me so like yeah the COVID really saved my life. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I, I mean just like that
0: those words, like, put into a sentence are not something that you hear. I <laughs> like it yeah. no saved my life. But, dude, I mean, I'm so glad that, you know, you caught this. I'm so glad that we're sitting here right now. So, let's let's fast forward a little bit. You know, you went through the first round uh, of, you know, the whole chemo, all that stuff. And you were cancer-free, right?
1: Well, uh, that's what they thought, yeah. Okay. So, take me, pick me up right there. So, uh, like, yeah, you know, once you finish your treatments, they take you through, like, Uh, you gotta do like CT scans. Uh, It's one for three three months, and then another one six months after that. So my first one in January, I did it for like, uh, that was my three month scan. So I was able to go back to school like in the spring and stuff like that. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna just go home, get my scan, everything's gonna be cool. I got my first scan, they said they didn't see nothing. So I'm like, oh, that's a great sign. And then later in June, uh, I went to go get another scan and I got a call, but like, I got a call at like five thirty six. I'm like, the doctor's office is never open like at five thirty six. They usually close at like four. I got a call, missed a call. I got another call, missed a call. And like, I got two voicemails now. But this is not from the doctor's office. This is like from my doctor's like personal number. He's like, yeah, Khalil, I just, reviewed just scan Like, could you call me back immediately? So the first thing I'm thinking, like, uh, oh, this gotta be good news. Like, he's calling me off his personal phone. Like, this gotta be some good news. He called me like, yeah, um, we looked at your scan and stuff, and it looks like uh, your tumor has returned. Like, hearing those words, like, it just broke me down. Like, what do like, you mean? I just went through all this stuff. Like, you said like, I was going to be good after this. Like, how How did my tumors return? He was like, I don't really know. Like, your tumor was so big the first time, and it broke. Like, there was a possibility this could happen. Um, but, like, we need to see you in the office like, immediately. So I called my dad. I told him. What's going on? And at this point in time, I'm at a, a graduation party. So I'm like, like, dang, like, how could this be happening right now? Like, it just took me, like, a whole, like, a whole flashback. Like, how could this be happening right now? Like, not again, not again. So I do through that, call my dad and stuff. And uh, they bring me into the office, and they basically tell me, like, yeah, like, the way it's looking, you're probably going to need another surgery. Hearing them words, I'm like, I don't know, like I don't know if I could do another surgery, but like, I just finished this. I just did all this stuff. I worked so hard to get to this point and then y'all y'all trying to take it all away from me again. So like I was real hesitant on like doing another surgery. Then they're talking about another chemo treatment. I'm like, uh like I don't I don't really know. So this was June. They ch- June of this past year. Twenty twenty one. So this was June and I'm like, you know, like I just wanted to, to give me some time to think. Like last, my last summer, yeah, I took my whole summer away. I was on chemo treatments the whole time. But like I I just want to enjoy my summer. It's like, all right, we can respect that, but we need to make a decision soon or it's going to be worse. I'm like, best friend. is like, let me, let me finish my summer. Ago. So that, they didn't even me, like, taking a whole bunch of trips. Like <laughs> went to North Carolina, Texas, South Carolina, uh, Philly. Like I was just Puerto Rico. Like I was going anywhere and everywhere, like, just to equip clear my mind. Like, I just didn't want to be around. I didn't want to hear nothing about doctor's appointments, nothing about treatments, nothing about none of that. I just really wanted to, like, enjoy my summer because they done took it away from me, like, twice month. So eventually, like, as time goes on, it hit, it hit, like, July. And I'm in Virginia, like, with my aunt and stuff. They called me, like, yeah, we're trying to set up a, set up a surgery, like, after July 4th. Shut that down immediately. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not ready yet. I told them I'm not ready. They was, like, I would, like, just let us know. Do you think that, like,
0: going through the whole first round, like, made you, uh, like, that's, like, a bold thing you're just like, nah, I'm just gonna wait. Like, you think you're just, like, fearless now? Like, you're just, like, I mean, the one thing
1: my daughter told me is that we work for you, yeah. so I'm like, if y'all work for me, then y'all can't pressure me to do anything. Like, I'm gonna take my time, I'm gonna, like, fully process everything, like, I'm gonna weigh out my options. And like when I'm ready to make a decision, I will make my decision. I'm like y'all yeah. yeah, can't force me to make a decision. Well, I think decision. there's I think there's wisdom
0: in that too because I mean, can uh, um, chemo really is like a whole battle? So yeah. if you're mentally not ready to go into it, uh, I think that it's you know it's so much more effective for you to be like mentally in a good place and take that time yeah.
1: to prepare and be ready. So that's yeah, so I, I just told but him you like, got to be strong to be able to make that decision. Yeah, gotta, I mean, I talk. Yeah, I had open communications with my daughter multiple times. We was on like uh, like little Zoom calls and stuff, and I like told them what I was worried about. They told me, you know, their idea how things were going to go. But if I wasn't ready at that time, I just told them I wasn't ready at that time. And then eventually, like I came back from all my trips. It was like going into August, and I was trying to start school like uh, like online since so I could. I knew I was going to have to get the surgery and stuff, but. Leading up to my surgery, I was calling like everywhere. Like I was calling like multiple, like cancer institutes like everywhere. Like and ev- eventually, I was about to go to Chicago like to because uh, they said they might have a different treatment that they didn't require a surgery. But this is like a week before I already scheduled my surgery. So I was weighing it out, weighing it out, and like just a couple days before, I'm like, all right, I think I'm ready. I'm just gonna get the surgery. Like I'm tired of like holding out. Like it's either now or never. So like August 16th, I go in, I get my surgery, another ten hour surgery, go in there at like six, don't get up to like four or five. And uh, you know, like they said everything went well. Then I was in there for about a week. And when I got out the hospital, I started school that next Monday. So like I just went through a ten hour surgery and I started school on Monday. So like people say I'm crazy, people say like all, all types of stuff, but I'm like I gotta get back to some type of normalcy, like, uh, this is what I do, I do school. But I was online and stuff like that, but I had support from everybody. So I go through that, and then, you know, like, probably about a week or two after that, I started my, my chemo treatments, again, for the second time. But, uh, you know, like, going through ke- chemo and stuff is, uh, is rough, especially this time. My first one wasn't as rough, but my second one was definitely really rough, yeah. So, you're, you're coming up on the end of that round. That that brings us up to, like, right now. Right? Yeah. So,
0: update me on, like, okay, not just how are you feeling today to be able to finally get disconnected. Right? So, man. what's your, like, if you could, like,
1: explain your emotions for today. uh It's like something off a movie. <laughs> Going through this twice is, like, crazy. But, like, just grateful to be able to go through it. I mean, it definitely has some ups down struggles for sure for the last six months but like i really never let that weigh me down like i was always just worried about finishing this it blows me away because
0: i actually i don't know if you guys remember we uh we post i posted a picture like at the start of your chemo you came in here we did like a whole thing and uh and then we actually like we were like you know what we need to have you come back when you're at the end of this yeah, yeah, yeah and we need to talk because but the crazy thing that blew me away was You're the same person like right now that you were when you were starting. this, And like your spirits have not changed. So like, how has your outlook, I guess, on life changed from going into like freshman year, your goals for your life? Like, how how do you look at life differently now versus when you
1: were a freshman? Uh, It makes you grow up a lot faster. Uh, You know, you can't, when you wake up, well, now when I wake up, I know, like, like life is not promised. Like, anything can happen at any point in time. So, like, you got to take full advantage of, like, in any, any, every opportunity that, like, presents itself to you. So, like, that's just how I started live my life. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't really talking to people as much as I did, but now I just talk to whoever about whatever. <laughs> Anybody that asks me questions about, like, my treatments and stuff like that, like, I'm willing to tell them because, like, some people never had firsthand experience of, like, with that. And uh, the more knowledge you get out about it, it's always it's always the better. Cause uh, now I can be in a position to save somebody else's life, or even put somebody else in a good position. So I don't have to worry about this stuff. So you think like your perspective shifts
0: went more from about your goals and your ambitions to like how you fit in with other people's lives and like how you can help them and be there for them. I mean, dude, I, I gotta give you credit, man. Like I don't know many people that can go through what you went through with like a smile on your face the whole time um i know like if i have like a minor inconvenience some days i'm like miserable you know i see and then i'm like reminded of like what you've been through and what you like are still going through and all this stuff but um but yeah man I'm, i'm glad i'm glad to be a part of this journey to like the small like minor percentage that i am um, and I know that you've had a lot of people kind of come alongside you throughout this process and help you through, whether it be your teammates or your family or you know friends or whatever. And I know, I think you said you had something that you wrote or that you yeah wanted to... yeah,
1: yeah. I, I got a little something like that. All right, cool. Do you want to do you want to go ahead and uh, pull that out? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. I wrote this uh, probably, probably like on my sixth treatment, like when I was halfway through it. And so I, just, just, I just started adding on to it, uh, you know, like, as my treatments went on and stuff like that. But uh, as I stand here finding out today day, all I can say is, well, it seems like something off of a movie. After 24 chemo treatments, 15 plus surgeries, over 300 times being poked with a needle, I still able to stand on my own two feet. I just want to say thank you to my dad, family, friends, coaches, teammates, and supporters from all over the world that supported me through this difficult time. All the times I am told that I'm a soldier and I'm the strongest person that people know, and it's such an honor. This journey has been such a struggle, but being able to achieve this moment not once but twice is a blessing. I honestly can't even describe how I'm feeling right now. I'm just beyond blessed. For those who know my story, this is just a reminder. It's not what you go through. It's what you grew through. Dear Cancer, thank you for changing my life for the better, and you can't defeat me. This is a better way to beast that I'm winning. Sincerely, Gawil Smith, the colon <laughs> <Hey, man>. seraph. <laughs> Dude, that's so beautiful, man. Yeah, so, <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah, that's just something off the off the dome. <laughs> but yeah, that's just how we've been feeling through these like through these chemo treatments. They've been trying to knock me down like every time I get one, like every single time they've been trying to knock me down, trying to knock me down, but like I never let that, I never let that phase me. But, like I feel like, you know, like I'm just unstoppable right now so like being able to complete not just 12 but 24 like yeah it's a big step you feel like you can do anything in life now yeah <laughs> like there's nothing that's gonna yeah I'm not I don't, put fear in my heart like, like yeah I'm not scared of mine like this is this like this is what it is like this is the raw uncut me like this is how I am every day like my teammates and my coaches know like this is just how it is this so is who I am when, when are you getting back on the field what's your goal my goal to get back on the field is uh this fall. You know, I got a couple more surgeries to go through, but if all goes well, you feel know I me mean? and and uh, my scans come back clear and all that, I plan to get back on the field this fall. My know. coaches my coach has been supporting me. I've been working out, I've been doing everything I'm supposed to do, but you know. Uh, it's not really in my hands right now, so when yeah. that time comes, yeah. we'll just uh, figure that out. Well,
0: you know when you
1: step foot on this field, we're going to have to get you in some fresh kicks. Always, always, comes. always. always. We're have to deck you out. Always.
0: And uh, you know I'll be there for sure. So always. Especially, you know, it's against my boys up at I, You know, I don't know how that... <laughs> Forget Westwood. <Wesley. laughs> <laughs> well, bro, I, I really appreciate you being here. We're actually about to head out, so uh, we got to get to the hospital by, like, noon today, you're going to ring the bell, move the port, end this, you know, for the last time today, and we're going to move forward with life. And so if you guys are uh, watching this, and it's the first time you're meeting Khalil, um, I want you to be able to connect with him, send him maybe like a word of encouragement, or maybe like something that he said that spoke to you or something you're going through, because I know there's a lot of people that watch this that are either athletes or just into, you know, fashion, design, sports, culture, type stuff like that and you know a lot of that there's there's ups and downs with being a a student athlete being you know somebody who's you know subjected to criticism for their performance and all this stuff so there's just so many different ways that what you said today can put life into perspective so if, if what Khalil said spoke to you the way that I know that it spoke to me like please reach out to him let him know that he's not alone or that you know you You know, or supporting him or whatever. Follow him. What's your
1: What's your Instagram? All right, so I got two Instagrams. My my main page is polo underscore underscore lil, and then I got a motivational page. It's motivational underscore lil. So those are my two pages. Uh, You could DM me any of that. And you Uh, just started a podcast yourself, right? I did just start a podcast. Uh, Plug that. Yeah, my podcast is uh, it's mostly just for fun. It's called What's the Deal Podcast. Actually, I just dropped the episode today. It's supposed to be dropping at eleven thirty. Where can they get it? Uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Anchor. So, okay, like, I'll put the links in the yeah, description too. So, like y'all yeah, can tune into that. The first episode was a banger. Like, <laughs> second one it should be fun. And I'm going to just keep doing that stuff too. Like, this is just in my off time while I'm up school. So, yeah. Uh, tune into that. Let me know what y'all think. Um, and any questions or anything like that, just DM me. I'll answer. Cool. Well, thanks for being here, man. I like, really appreciate you. it. Yeah, it's been fun.